Ohio Habla es un podcast que nace del proyecto Narrativas Orales de Latinos en Ohio, Oral Narratives of Latinos en Ohio. Exploramos la experiencia latina con entrevistas en español, inglés y spanglish. Welcome to Ohio Habla. I'm Elena Fowles. My guest today is Eugene Rodriguez. Eugene Rodriguez is the executive director of Los Sensontles Mexican Arts Center. He studied humanities at UC Santa Cruz and received his bachelor's and master's degrees in music from the San Francisco Conservatory of Music and Classical Guitar Performance. He has produced many musical CDs and was nominated for a Grammy for Best Musical Album for Children for his production of Papa's Dream, a bilingual recording with Los Lobos and Lalo Guerrero. Eugene has produced three documentaries for the Cultures of Mexico and California series with support from the U.S. Mexico Fund for Culture, the James Irvine Foundation, and the Ford Foundation. Bienvenido a este episodio, Eugene. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you. Uh, you live in one of my favorite cities in California, which is San Francisco, or near there. <laughs> uh, did you grow up here in the Bay Area? I grew up in Southern California. Okay. Uh, and I moved to uh, the Bay Area to, to come to school when I w went to UC Santa Cruz. And, and, you stayed. and basically stayed, stayed up here, right? Okay, great. Uh, tell me about your journey as a guitarist or as a musician. You know, in retrospect, of course, when you're, when you're growing up, you don't know where you're going necessarily. But in retrospect, I see that uh, from my earliest contact with music, it was a way for me to connect to my family. Mm -hmm. My father used to sing us old cowboy songs when my brother and I were just small, four or five years old. And, uh, and in fact, he, he sang us cowboy songs uh, specifically to uh, kind of instill in us a sense of uh, feeling American. And, uh, and he, would, he wasn't really a musician, but he would pluck out the, the songs as, as best as he could, taught himself to read chord charts and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, and for me that those moments were, uh, you know, nice uh, moments of connection to him and to music and to my own emotions. Mm -hmm. And as I grew up, uh, I started studying classical guitar as a teenager, and and my brother and I used to play rock songs. So at family parties, my aunts and uncles would sing and play mariachi music, and my brother and I would play rock or, or pop music. Mm -hmm. So. Um, So again, you know, the the music played a central role in my family life. Uh, not a not a professional thing, but you know, a, a, a thing about family connection. And as I grew older, it, it you know became clear to me that um, I wanted to find ways to first of all inform myself more about Mexico's true uh, full culture, but also to reconcile the different parts of me. The, the American part, the Mexican mm -hmm. Mexican part, in a way that that didn't make me feel like I was uh, I was split in half. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that uh, where your interest in starting the youth group of Los Sensotles uh, came about? And I know you, yeah. you started this group in 1989. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I actually started working with kids before that, uh, and. Um, And yes, that you know, I've always was interested in in in, in working with kids, and so um, that that became a catalyst. But also, 
when when my wife and I were married in 1988, um, we we went through a series of, of very personal difficulties, including losing a child, and mm-hmm. my wife had to go through uh, medical treatments that were very very uh, difficult for her, um, mm-hmm. and also for me and her as her support person. So uh, at that moment, I realized that I would uh, you know that I realized the precariousness of life, and I wanted to dedicate myself uh, fully to uh, to what I found meaningful in life, which was you know, exploring the those family connections, exploring my heritage in 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 as authentic authentic way as I as I could. So, is your fo- has your focus always been um, traditional Mexican folk music? Like as um, as a yes. musician, but also well, what you do at the center. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, and and traditional, uh, you know, is a very broad broad term, mm-hmm. and and let's just say that um, you know, growing up. Like most people, you know, I, I was listening to more commercial versions of, of folk music uh, or traditional music, kind of arranged and a little bit more polished. Uh, but what I was particularly interested in, in was learning about the kind of deep, the deep country music of Mexico that you really couldn't find in a record store mm-hmm. and you couldn't find on the radio. So uh, in 1989, I, I had the great fortune of meeting a, a group of people in, in Veracruz, Mexico, a group called Mono Blanco that were deeply engaged in resurrecting a uh, a rural uh, tradition called the fandango which connected um musicians from the countryside through music dance and and just social socializing party and all that so um i i found that really really interesting and we uh i i started a project called the fandango project in 1991 and invited the director of mono blanco named gilberto gutierrez to spend three years with us in the bay area where um where I really felt it was uh, critical for Mexican Americans to um, to reinvigorate our connections to our our rural roots, our, which most of us are, you know, have rural rural roots, mm-hmm. uh, and that coincided uh, with the big immigration boom of the '90s after mm-hmm. NAFTA, and where you had you know tons of uh, kids from Mexico who were, um, you know, you know, pu- uh, you know, very unapologetic, unabashed in their um, in their embrace of Mexican uh, culture, you know, wearing their boots and their hats and, mm-hmm. and doing quebradita. <laughs> and so I, I found that uh, a way to, to marry these two things. To me, it was the same thing. It was, you know, on one hand, in our little microscope, uh, we were, um, in our little Petri dish, we were trying to reinvigorate culture uh, through folk music. But then in the streets of our neighborhood, um, culture was being reinvigorated by these by these young people mm-hmm. so uh when i incorporated los Sonsonas, uh, uh we really um t- uh, kind of took took a very inclusive uh viewpoint of what you know of what our traditions are so you could say vernacular music and traditional music has been our main focus right right uh eugene you have also produced several documentaries rooted in in mexican culture what do you try to capture with these films and what has been the audience reception of your work? Well, what I tried to capture um, really was the, the truth of our musical heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, uh, one of the things that we have done throughout the years was to resurrect the uh, traditional mariachi, which is not charros and it's not, um, you know, five violins and, mm-hmm. and three trumpets. It's, it's, a, it's a very humble quartet and and we did this with the uh with the guidance of a folk master who who we found living in the bay area he was working 
as a custodian at a um, liquor store. Nobody, none of the mariachis wanted to play with him because his style was a little odd. So we, um, we, we studied with him and ended up taking a triumphant tour to Jalisco and Nayarit with him. And we filmed that, uh, that, that tour. It's called Pasajero, A Journey of Time and Memory. And, um, and basically, you know, uh, most, at that time, most uh, documentaries about the mariachi's history was always about mariachi Vargas or the big mariachis, which, mm. you know, were already urbanized and already popular and highly professionalized. But I was interested in the um, in the regular folks, you know, the folks who, who played at people's parties, and hmm. um, and so when we did this, uh, when we released this uh, film Pasajero, it was extraordinary the, the response. Um, I mean, I, I think people were shocked and delighted to see real people, hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, real uh, regular folks uh, just talk about. Um, their their place in our musical heritage. So I, I think it, you know, for me it was always about reorienting how we discuss our heritage. Mm. Um, I think a lot of times we only discuss it if it's uh, to to, to uh, you know uh, kind of gussied up and 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 uh, with shiny boots and and, and fancy pants. Mm. Uh, when in fact, you know, uh, for most of us who come from rural culture, um, it's not that. It's 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 very humble and it's uh, and it's very beautiful. So it's I think the work of Los and Saltness. Uh, the, the documentaries has been to try to cast a, 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 a positive light on the beauty and value of our of our real traditions. I really like what you're saying about um, you know uh, moving away from maybe the more mm, famous or mainstream uh, mariachis or musicians of of uh, Mexican folk music and focusing on. You know the the fiestas, the home parties, the 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 little you know get-togethers at you know at, at somebody's home, and 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 uh, and having those musicians and that part of a tradition. Maybe even like just you know uh, family members just coming together and playing music. That's right. Um, right. And and so I really like that because we don't always think about that and and how that's also preserving our histories and, and, and passing it on to other generations, not just through the maybe more mainstream um, singers or, or conjuntos, right? Right. And I would argue that, that that's the most important part of our uh, cultural ecosystem. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what, what occurs in families, because that's what, that's, that's what children see first. Right. That's what children are born into. That's what affects them ultimately the deepest. Now, of course, popular music also has a deep impact, and it's, and it's part of the same ecosystem. Um, but I, I feel like we don't give enough um, uh, we don't give enough airtime to to the stuff that I consider most important, which is family culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can just um, you know I can just see this uh, what what this type of experiences also leads to, right? Um, those memories, you mentioned that, like memories, right, that, that are being created within a family or a community. Um, storytelling, I mean, it's, it's part of this tradition of storytelling, right? Yeah, uh, storytelling through music, right? Um, and, uh, and creating those moments and, and, and memories for, the, for future generations, absolutely. That's right, that's right. And in fact, uh, with the pandemic, um, you know, we, we are teaching our children at home, but because of the manner in which we teach, which is uh, really teaching um, multiple siblings of different ages, mm. uh, we are always focused around family. Those, that system really proved itself to be um, resilient during this pandemic because the children could then 
uh, practice with their siblings at home during the lockdown. Hmm. So uh, during the lockdown, we actually uh, did a project. It was pretty early on in May uh, where we sent our video crew safely to the homes of our children, and we did what we called the Front Porch Series. Hmm. I kind of saw ourselves as, you know, the Alan Lomaxes within our own community <laughs> going out and, and to, the, to the front yards of these, of these families. And it really proved that point. Um, also, um, that's true with not just performing arts, but uh, the manual arts, too. My wife happens to be our art teacher and jewelry teacher. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, her main students, who are now 15, 16 years old, you know, it's no accident that they, uh, they have grandmothers and who also are, uh, do crochet or, or knitting or, or sewing. Mm-hmm. Um, and these same girls have, have really developed a passion for that, that class at, at Los Insultas. So it, 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 it reinforces their, their authentic heritage that's in their family, but it also provides a way for them to connect to their, to their own family members across generations. Right, right. Eugene, you are visiting Ohio State virtually, uh, obviously, because, as you said, uh, we're still in the middle of a pandemic uh, and we have to, you know, do what we can to keep each other safe. Uh, but you're talking to us in, in, in this visit um, about the movie Linda and the Mockingbirds. Tell me about this work. So, um, first of all, I, I should say, you know, there are people who, who only know Linda because of her, you know, genius uh, and her, her success. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that we know Linda as so, is somebody who I, I consider like another folk master where she, she learned in her family. Mm-hmm. Linda doesn't read music. Linda play, plays by ear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she has uh, enormous um, respect for that manner of learning. Mm-hmm. So she has been our champion since, I would say, when we met her, it was uh, two, uh, 1993. Um, so for years, uh, Linda has said, hey, Eugene, let's, let's go to Banamichi. Let's go to Sonora, where my grandfather was, was from. And uh, and finally, it, it, it you know she initiated this trip right before Thanksgiving in 2000. Uh, to do my math here, it was in 20, uh, 2018 um, when we started planning the trip. We had a very little time, and so uh, because I'm you know a guy who likes to document everything, <laughs> um, I asked her if we could bring a, a film crew, and um, and she said yes, and. Um, uh, so, so that, that that's where the idea came, but it was also based on a number of um, lecture demos that we had done with Linda uh, for a variety of uh, occasions, where we integrated our stories and her stories, mm. and and illustrated uh, with uh, with live performance. Mm. So, um, Linda and the Mockingbirds really, uh, you know, became yet another Los Insultas movie, which was dedicated to um, to you know, trying to talk about the, the, the beauty and the value of our traditions and the importance of arts education for our children. Right. And the film, just like you are describing, uh, celebrates music and culture of Mexico, uh, you know, and Linda comes along <laughs> to be part of this this story, right, that you're trying to capture. Um, and it of- offers this personal story about identity, immigration, and belonging but you included some students, right, in here in this movie. Tell me what you witnessed happening as the students were part of this journey. Well, well let me just say that from the very beginning of Los Insultas, Los Insultas youth were part of my team. 
You know, they were part of, they, they were my conspirators. They, they were, they were field workers. They were uh, students mm-hmm. and they also taught when they learned something, they, they, we taught them to taught, to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, so on this trip, uh, these, you know, I, I, I can, I can't tell you that I was watching their transformation. What I was doing was uh, leading a group of, uh, it was a group of 22 mm-hmm. uh, in a very, you know, very uh, short amount of time to put on some really big shows <laughs> and to make a movie and to uh, take care of each other. So it was a, it was a very typical Los Ensoles type of event because we often take young people on trips with us, mm-hmm. but it was just at a much greater scale because we have never traveled with such a large, with such a large group. Mm. It, it was, and it was, it was very challenging. My wife makes the costumes and she had to, you know, she had essentially eight weeks to create hand crocheted uh, costumes for numerous kids. Mm. So it, in, we had, a, we had enormous challenges in just putting it together technically. And then, uh, you know, managing the film crew. So it was a lot of work. And, and I would say that the transformation was probably, as, as described by most of the kids, it's kind of a bonding experience. Mm. I think the kids just felt really part of this little mighty little team. And many of them um, uh, spoke on camera and they did a, just a fantastic job expressing some really, really important issues. And I would also say that um, uh, history also coincided <laughs> us on this, uh, joined us on this trip. The day that we crossed the border was the day that um, uh, the border was uh, declared a national uh, uh, emergency. Hmm. Um, the, 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 a few days before one of our interviews in uh, San Pablo uh, uh, later on that year was immediately after the Walmart shootings uh, massacre at, at, mm. in El Paso. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we were, you know, making this film reflecting on issues of of belonging and discrimination and, and all right. this stuff that, that we talk about, um, you know, while we were dealing with it in real, while the nation was dealing with it in real time. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was a very powerful um, process. And, and I think that um, the film captures mm-hmm. that well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell me what, what are the ages of the youth that you, that you work with? Well, uh, at our school, we start with them at four. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of them stay throughout their entire youth, and uh, some of them stay when they're adults. And I'll find a way to, to integrate them into the the staff faculty. Our core faculty uh, staff is comprised of young people mm-hmm. or people who grew up in the program. So I, I mean, I, I assume this is a testament to to your pedagogy of like giving back, right? And, and, and building those small communities and keeping sort of the traditions and reaching out to other, to younger kids and younger, younger generations, I assume. Yes. (laughs) Connecting kids kids to their own family heritage. Right. Right. Um, And, and I like what you said about, um, uh, you mentioned right that your your wife was part of also uh, the the crew and in, 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 in a way right uh, uh, making as, those as costumes. Well as, as well as, <laughs> yes, as my son as well. He's bass playing the bass and also our production manager. So it's it a, was, it's uh, a uh, whole it was, family it affair. Cool essentially <laughs> well great great eugene I, I I look forward to um to continue in this conversation during the, your visit here um, at Ohio State. Uh, Eugene, is there anything else you would like to say about your work or uh, this movie in particular? 
Uh, no, you know, I, I, I think I've probably talked a lot. <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy. I, I don't know if we're going to do a Q and a when we do the, um, when we, I, I think we'll do a Q and a when we do the, we will. the screening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, of course I'm happy to, uh, to answer any questions. You know, the, the, the film is about a lot of things. It's, mm-hmm. it's dense and it's, it's beautiful mm-hmm. and it's deep. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm completely happy to discuss any aspect that's of interest to any of the, the viewers involved. Great. Uh, Eugene, gracias por tu visita y conversación. Okay, my pleasure. Thank you. A todos, gracias por escucharnos y recuerden seguirnos en Facebook y de compartir este podcast con otros. Hasta la próxima. Mm-hmm.